Good morning. There we go. Make sure everybody's here. I have been um, wanting to share this message for a while, and I'm really trying to follow up with Josiah. Um, what he shared a few weeks ago. Everybody remember that sermon? Do you? What were his three points? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. What? There we go. All right. Um, and I, I really want to do it a, a different way, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to share now um, and kind of follow this thing up and, and just share out of what's fresh in my own life. Um, wounds of a friend are faithful. And not long ago, I had a friend that sat down with me and gave me a swift kick in the rear end spiritually and said, let's get with it. And I needed that. You know, he said what nobody else could say, or I guess what nobody else was going to say to me. And, um, you know, I've been uh, on this journey and, and have just, I, I never saw it coming, but, you know, he said, look, when I'm around you, you, you have this air of thinking that you're a failure. And he said, people pick up on it. He said, it's the first thing that I picked up when I met you. And I was like, really? <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> He's like, but I knew he was right. And uh, so I began to look at it and just take an honest look in my own life of what do I hear? What do I believe about myself? What, what am I putting out? You know what I'm saying? What's the aroma of my life? If, it's, if people are picking up it's a failure, I need to make some changes quickly. And so I've begun to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I am, I've walked through the experience of a failed marriage, but I'm not a failure. Amen. I'm a child of the king. And it's not my identity. And so we begin to work hard on my identity. And I want to talk to us some about that today, going back to some of what Josiah said um, and just following up on some of the things that sparked in my heart and uh, through that. So um, we're going to be looking at um, Philippians 4, uh, really verse 8, um, Romans 12, verse 2, and Colossians 3, 2 are kind of key verses as we move through this. And I'm going to go quick, okay? I say that every time I'm up here, and hopefully today I'll be true with it. Um, I have a quote that I've lived with for a long time. Uh, a friend of mine said it, and it just locked in my heart. It says, you will never consistently live in a way that's inconsistent with the way you think. I'll say it again. You will never consistently live, day to day to day to day, live in a way that's inconsistent with the way you think. So you're not going to think one way and live another. You're going to live the way you think. Scripture says that to us. It says that, I mean, you, as you think, so you live. Okay? So, my question today is, do you give thought to you the way you think? 
Do you think about the things you hear and the way you think? As I've been reading and preparing for this, the thing I came back to is most people say the most destructive voice in our life today is our own. Because we've grown up in years and years and years of listening to these voices and this, this stuff that comes at us every day, and it becomes our self-talk. And self-talk's that thing that plays in the back of our mind that goes on day after day, moment by moment. The whole time we're awake, it's playing, and we're listening. And most of us give very little attention to what that is. And so it becomes the product of a lot of things we've experienced, the things we've felt, the things we've seen, the things that happened to us. And most of it, folks, is negative. And in that, the evil one begins to take that and pound away at us and begin to steal from us identity and to steal from us promises and to steal from us the things that God has spoken to us and over us. And we begin to live differently than who he's made us to be. And I have a burden about it in my own life and the life of our church that we begin to think in the right way. That we begin to give attention to the thoughts we have. Um, I've heard people say, you know, we're not responsible for our thoughts. Um, Yes, we are. You know, I can't help what I think. Yes, you can. It's it's the fact that, and and folks, I want to be as encouraging as I can because God's changing my life in this. But most of us are just lazy. And we wallow in our ignorance. And we wonder why things are going the way they're going. Here's the picture God gave me for this morning. Get out from under the table eating scraps and pull up to the table where there's a feast. But the problem is I've been under the table and the evil one has come for so long in my thinking that he has made me to think that under the table is the best I can get. So I stay under the table fighting a dog for food. Seen that in my life because my child did that in Africa, fought the dog for food. It's not my fault. It's my wife's. Um, I can say that because she's not here. Um, But uh, I've seen it. I mean, we stay under the table, picking at scraps, things that have fallen off, thinking that's the best we got. And God wants to say to us this morning, there's a whole feast. Get up. Arise. If we're going to use the terms that are coming to us, arise. Stand up and pull up to the table. And begin to feast on the things that God has given you. On who he's made you to be. On who he gave his everything for you to be. Been under the table way too long. Feeling second class. Feeling like I was a failure. Feeling like I was all these things. And it's just an evil one. 
It's not who God says I am. It's not who I am. And I'm getting out from under the table. There's three things that are, I guess there's, how many are there? I'll be, there started with three. Let's see how many I ended up with. I think there's four. Yeah, four things I want to share with you this morning. First thing is repentance. Just so I talked to them about repentance. And, you know, many of us see repentance as a negative word. We see repentance as this thing, you know, that, um, ooh, repentance, that means I, I sinned. And, ooh, you know, we don't like talking about that word, do we? Uh-uh. You don't hear it a lot in church. I mean, we stay away from it because people get uncomfortable when we talk about repentance. Man, what an incredibly sweet word. Because you know what it says? It says there's hope. Because if I repent, if I admit and see my sin the way God sees it and accept that and confess it to him, I'm ch- it's changing. It's gone, you know? I begin to receive. It opens me up to receive again what God has for me and replace things that have been stolen from me. Repentance is a phenomenally sweet word. It's a word we all should embrace and not run from. It means to turn from evil and turn to good. A change of mind, regret, or remorse. Repentance leads to conversion and deeds consistent with repentance are to follow. When we truly repent, we truly come to a place where we begin to see ourselves as God sees us and, and we begin to take on God's view of our sin and to deal with it the way it is. The things I believe, the things I say, the things I do um, and begin to deal with it as God uh, leads us to deal with it. Man, what an opportunity to go deeper, to go places with him we've never been. And to experience him in ways we've never experienced him before. Part of the feast at the table. Repentance. Changing. What needs to change about you today? What needs to change about me today? That the Father would be able to lavish on me the things he has for me. Lavish being a word that means excess. That he would excessively love me excessively lavish on me the promises he has I mean it, guys it's amazing see this, it's a change of reality it's a change of reality we come to Christ And it should be a change of reality, a change we see uh, of the way we see everything. The change we walk, a a difference in the way we walk, the difference in the way we talk, a difference in er everything should change. But because we do such a poor job across the body of discipling people into that change, many go back to living the way they used to live before they ever got saved. And nothing seems to change. You ever been there? Living life, born again by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit continuing to come after you and to try and encourage you, motivate you, teach you, reprove you to, to experience that life, but we keep running back to a reality of just like we were lost. 
and the evil one steals from us all that God has for us. It's a change of reality. I can't, I keep saying that in place I go. It's, it's got to happen. If not, the world's going to continue to look in the windows of our church and go, no, I don't want that. I'm doing okay. I have brothers in my family that say, grown up in church, I don't want that. And if they could see the change that God has for us, the change of reality, the way we see everything, it's got to happen. Here's what he says. Philippians 4. Rejoice in the, I'm going to start at verse 4 just to put some context with this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Did you come here today rejoicing? Are you ready to rejoice? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. How about we say the Lord is here? The Lord is near, closer than your breath. Do you ever wonder if he's here? Where you're at? If he's attentive, if he knows what's going on? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pretty amazing gifts right there, isn't it? And then he says, finally, brothers, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. 